Hey everybody, welcome to Darisha's podcast, Elite Mastery. I created this um, series of podcasts because I felt that um, there's lots of information out there to inspire and motivate individuals like myself and people that I work with uh, throughout the year and all the speeches and talks that I do. So throughout the month and throughout the year, I'll be interviewing people who are experts in their fields and I consider them as masters. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited to welcome our special guest today, uh, Jason Sen. Jason is a personal friend of mine. I met Jason as uh, my neighbor in Phuket in Thailand. When I got to know him, I was absolutely amazed at his story. The fact that at the age of uh, 19, I believe he became a trader in the London Stock Exchange, Stock Market, yeah, yes, yeah. Stock Exchange. And um, you've grown to be a financial advisor or forex advisor on day trading ideas, leading provider of daily technical analysis. People pay you from all over the world for your expertise um, on how to trade indexes, forex, commodities, and fixed income futures. True. Sounds really complicated. <laughs> so um, also that you could have easily retired at a young age and you decided to move to Phuket with your beautiful family and you started a a project to develop a number of houses and that's become to seven beautiful homes uh, and you established a business there, a successful business there which I truly admire because oh, I couldn't work in Thailand yeah. and uh, you've done very, very well. Uh, yeah, I think that was uh, more stupidity than... Uh, than yeah, but you turned the stupidity well, into a really successful work, business. Blimey, so. Yeah, took a few years of my life in the process, I think. Yeah. Well, welcome anyway <laughs> to our you. offices in Dubai. And I know you phoned especially to, for this podcast. Indeed. So Thank you for the invitation. Honor. Very welcome. And um, so tell me a bit, little bit about you. Things that I already know, but the audience doesn't know. You have a beautiful family, two amazing children. Thank tell you. us tell us about that. Thank you. Um, tell us about that lifestyle. Why Phuket? Okay, so, um, well, when my wife and I first got together, which was about 15, 16 years ago, yes. um, I kind of had enough of trading for a little while. It was, it's very, it's highly stressful. So, and, I, and I'd had a patch of losing some money. So I thought, oh, you know, sod this, I'm gonna, why don't we take off falling in love? So we went off around, I took her around Southeast Asia and um, uh, one of the stops was in Phuket and her uncle was there. So I met him, we got on well, and he you showed me. You didn't live in London, though. You lived in Spain at the time, um, right? Actually, uh, we lived in London at the time. Okay. And then we went to Spain after we came back from Asia. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I met her uncle, and he showed me this potential development on a golf course in Phuket. And at the time, I was actually looking to move some of my money out of Europe and into Asia. I saw Asia as the future, and Asian currencies as a good investment. So um, I took that on board, but... I've got no, had no experience in building anything. I wasn't an architect, wasn't even an interior designer, so I really was relying on, on him to do was most it of it. Trust element, you put the money in as yeah, an exactly. investor. That was the plan. I just mm -hmm. thought I was going to sit back and all the money was going to roll in. Yeah. Of course, that doesn't work like that, of course. And so in the end, we, we decided to come over and, and finish the. So you moved to Spain, yes. although you, want, you felt there was opportunity in the Far East, but you decided not to live there. Yeah, I wasn't ready. For, we, well, we weren't ready for such a big move, but um, I certainly wanted to live in the sunshine. So we moved to Sotogrande in southern Spain. Uh, and a lot of beautiful home, beautiful. Yeah, home. it's yeah. a lovely area. Actually, really enjoyed it. And I was lucky because a lot of traders were moving out to Gibraltar because once the trading floor shut, um, you could trade on screen. So therefore, you could be anywhere in the world really. Why Gibraltar? Is it tax, uh, tax, tax reasons. Yeah, you could sit there and um, trade. Okay. almost tax-free so it made sense you know you could trade in the sun and 
you could pop over to Spain. Did you, on the weekend. Did you trade? Yes, when I was in Spain. So, do you move to Gibraltar to trade and go? Yes. Oh, really? So, <coughs> but I guess you didn't have to, but you, you needed some kind of an office. Or yeah. Do you have to physically trade? Uh, so, it was, so, it went on screen. So, the physical trading was on the floor in okay. London. So, I was lucky enough to start in 1987 when the derivatives market was kind of taking off. It was really right place, right time for What's me. What's derivatives? Derivatives are um, financial products. So, um, for example, you will have the FTSE index, which I think most people have heard of. Yes. Uh, and then if you want to trade options or futures on that, the options and futures are a derivative of that, of the index. I see. I see. So they tend to be more volatile. They were introduced or they were invented as a hedging instrument, but because they tend to be more volatile, um, you it's kind of like a lot the, more. You could exactly. You can actually make a lot more. Your, yeah. your uh, trading profits or losses. Are they, uh, you know, I'll do options. Mm. Are they attached to a time scale? Options are attached to a time scale. So are futures. They, they, they futures both are. have expiry dates. Okay. They're usually so time run, sensitive. Correct. They usually mm -hmm. run in three, three month cycles. So as you know, options will have time premium value on them. With options, you decide the time. It could be a week, a few days, a month. Yeah, correct. They've now got With all futures, sorts of time. it's three months at a time. Generally, uh, exchange traded futures are generally run on a three month expiry, okay. um, but they don't uh, generally have a time premium um, in it. You started age of 19. I did. Education background? So I went to Mill Hill School, uh, which was great fun, and then I went to a, a sixth form college, but I always wanted to get into the city. I didn't really know why. Or how. Uh, or how, true. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was just because I wanted money and I wanted to drive a nice car. My father was trading his own money. So that kind of got me interested. And uh, Those days, there weren't computers and the internet, right? Correct. So how did he trade his own money? So um, he, he, actually, it's quite an interesting question. He, he would, nowadays, if you want to follow charts of, a, of um, you know, any financial product, of course, you just switch your computer on and there's yes. uh, as many platforms as you want. In those days, he, he would literally buy graph paper and stick them together with sellotape, and he would plot his... Uh, charts on a graph paper. You have it all across Stocks the wall. Stocks and shares, or, or, um, or he was mostly an index wow, trader. Amazing. So yeah, was, and he would sit in an office and he'd pick up the phone when he wanted to trade and say, "Where's this?" Yeah, he, in fact, the, uh, there wasn't probably even a live with, feed. I thought with forex, it's so time sensitive. You have to know instantly what's happening. Those do, days wasn't so time sensitive. No? Um, forex probably no, probably was still quite time sensitive. But you probably leave How resting did you do orders it by in. a telephone and a chart. Well, know. yeah, you, I, I would imagine in those days. It was different for what I was doing because I was actually on the floor, so I could see yes. the prices live. But I was imagine if you're sitting in an office, you'd sort of say, "Phone me up if the market does this, or if the market does oh that, or God. you leave an order yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, if absolutely. it gets here, sell it." You know. So. Um, and was your father a successful businessman? Um, he was a successful businessman, not so much a successful trader. <laughs> sure. He was a gambler, really, not really what I would call yeah, a trader. So he, he liked the. Yeah, Chinese guy. Uh -huh. Chinese love. Was he fully Chinese? Full Chinese. Amazing. So um, from where he had that gambling instinct. Hong uh, Kong. Originally from Beijing, which was peaking in those days. Okay. But funnily enough, he was never. He wasn't born there. He was born in Africa, so he never actually went to China. But did he speak Mandarin? No, don't wow. think so. I think he spoke Swahili from being born in Africa. You kidding me? <laughs> and then how? Why did he end up in the UK? Um, when he was about eighteen, he decided he wanted to try and you know make his fortune. So he travelled to the UK. Um, he didn't speak English, so he learned English from a dictionary. Um, he's quite a smart guy and started working as a Is he still with us? No, unfortunately not. Oh, I lost him last year. Yeah. Last year? Yeah, yeah, not long ago. Um, when I knew you. I'm sorry? I knew you then. Uh, just but before, we weren't that close. Yeah. Then. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he's a good guy. I lived to 80. He had a good run, so we, I was happy enough with that. Yeah. Um, 
he started as a tea boy in a, um, in a company and worked his way up to managing director. And it's funny, when we used to talk to him, I've got three siblings, we all used to laugh with his vocabulary because he uses quite extensive vocabulary, like very formal. But this was dictionary, yes, yes. Because he learned English from a dictionary. We'd all laugh and joke about how he <laughs> But your mum wasn't Chinese. She no, my mum's Irish. Irish, so how did they meet? Um, they met at the company that he went and worked at. Oh. He worked his way up to managing director. So she was impressed by this high rolling. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> guess amazing. So, yeah. so your mum was still with us. Is she? Mum's still with us. She was in America. Why America? Um, they divorced when I was about sixteen, and she met a, an American. Oh, so she, she's remarried. So she remarried. Went to okay. live in Denver. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. But did your dad there. remarry? Uh, no, he did not. No, my dad had a terrific life though because he spent um, after they divorced. Um, one of when I when I traded and I made some money, I learned from him not to blow it fortunately because he blew by his mistakes not because yeah so i was he wasn't leading by example (laughs) so i would like buy a house or or a business or something so i bought a little well actually um i bought a house and i said oh dad what should i do now i was about 22 or something i said i got i made some money he said well what you know i said you're a good businessman so i said what should we do he said well i'll tell you what we'll just buy a corner shop i'll run it and um you know i think we can make some money and the the family will have a job so he was really lucky um, in that my brothers and sister, they were younger than me, I'm the oldest, so they, they, worked, it. they worked in the shop and he got to see his kids every day oh. and he ran the shop. And then actually when um, my, we all started having kids, he also saw a lot of the grandkids. So, so he left being an MD of a company yeah. and then ran the corner shop? Yeah, yeah. well he, he, was, um, he, he, he was the MD of the company, then he set up his own company and did quite well out of that. Okay. And then he went into trading and then it didn't go quite so well financially. Shall we say? Sure. What was it? Food you were you owned or the corner shop? What, what was uh, yeah, it was shop? it was literally um, convenience store. So Amazing. It was tin food and frozen food. Still going? Cigarette. No, no. We, um, I in in the end when he wanted to retire, I turned it into a back into a residential home and sold it. Okay, isn't that amazing? You were twenty two. Uh, yeah, twenty two. You were talking to Jeff earlier. He was nineteen. Yeah. Is this this sense of providing and everything is amazing uh, yeah yeah because at 22 people are just blowing their money and mm. socializing and mm. don't care about anybody but themselves right? well um, probably one of the best things that happened to me was when I was 16 uh, I, lived, I lived a good life my, my father had worked very very hard we didn't see a lot of him but he worked really really hard put us all through private school mm. so we, we were you know we had a good education and then he blew everything through trading actually and that was a real shock to me I wonder if that would put you off no actually what it did to me was because I was the oldest um, um, we'd had a, we had a beautiful family home. My dad had a Rolls Royce. We had a swimming pool in the garden. So, you know, I was, I was privileged. No, yeah. no, no question about that. So it's quite a shock. I didn't see that coming. Suddenly I'm like, wow, you know, and I want, you know, I just took this thing on where I was going to rescue the family. I was going to buy the house back and we were all going to be happy again. So actually it was quite a great motivator. Really good. Mm. Did you? No. <laughs> no, I did actually in, in a way because I bought, um, I, did, I didn't buy my siblings' houses, but when they were, you know, were ready to um, rent something, I'd say, look, that rent's quite high choose a house that you like, I'll buy it, and then you can pay me Towards, the rent, yeah, but a yeah. lot less rent, I'll, yes. I'll give you a good deal. And I bought them all a car and that kind of thing. So I, I, for some reason I took on this paternal role. Hasn't stopped really, has it? No, maybe You not. continue to do so, a little bit, you, you a little take bit. care of a lot of people. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, but to you it's natural. I've yeah. noticed, to you yeah. it's natural, that's what yeah. you've always done. Yeah. I, think, I think you've got the same instincts as me. Yeah. yeah, amazing. So tell us about the, uh, how did you get at 18 into the, into the city? Oh, well, in those days, it was an awful lot easier to get in the city, um, 1987. So I was doing my A-levels, and I, and I wrote off to various brokerage companies. Not, no university graduate, nothing, no, A-levels? No, uh, I was studying for A-levels. I didn't even have them. 
Um, but you know, as I said, I was in the right place at the right time. The market. Were you a smart kid? Were uh, you like really good at maths? No, I was, I'm, yeah. I'm a very average student. Um, I, I, I had to work hard to get to get B's and A's. Um, so anyway, wrote the CV off. Actually, funnily enough, the company that my dad was trading through uh, in the end took me on. Probably as a They owed it to your dad, I guess. Maybe, so maybe. Yeah, it's because your dad were in existence, right? So you might as well hire you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah? Okay. But as I say, they were, they were hiring. They needed people. Okay. So um, I was very lucky. I didn't really know what the job entailed. First day I've turned up in my new suit, 18 years of age. It's 1987. It's April 1987. Turned up at the office. and I'm not, I'm not sure what the hell's going to happen. The next thing they're like, right, come on. I sat around for an hour and they went, come on. And I'm following them down. The next thing I'm on the stock exchange floor and I didn't know. I was like, wow, you know, I'd only seen it on TV. And he felt the energy, you had to be running around yeah, shouting and screaming. Definitely. Well, the um the stock trading had stopped. It, we just had big bangs and that had gone okay. sort of computer based. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, but there was a corner of the uh, stock exchange which had been taken over by the London traded option market. So it's uh, sort of a new derivatives market, just trading options on stocks and um This is your first day. So yeah, so I'm down there and um, just clerking, you know, just doing the paperwork. But then So hang on, what do you how do you do the paperwork? Um, so somebody shout you, you go and collect the paper and deliver it somewhere else? Exactly. So the process was, the phones would ring. We, we'd be in a booth on the side of the floor, away from the trading pits. And then the phone would, would well, it wouldn't ring, it would flash. So you, you know, the, the broker would hit the button, take the order, write it on a slip of paper, and then the broker, and then give it to a dealer. The dealer would go into the floor, execute the order, come back. So quickly, I got elevated to a phone broker. So I was just taking orders. It wasn't complicated. But you had who, to work quickly and efficiently. Who was phoning? Clients? Yeah, the so banks? the banks would be phoning oh. through the orders, you know, buy me three calls of BP or something. Um, and then, you know, you timestamp it. And, and then, but as I say, the market was expanding so quickly. Within about six months, I was taking my dealer's exams and I was going out and executing orders, which was absolutely frightening. Um, I was petrified. Why? The order comes from the customer, right? So yes. You're there only wasn't executing an order. You're not making a decision. Correct. No, there was no financial risk to me, mm -hmm. but it's a very intimidating environment. You're going into a place with um, guys who are a little bit older than me, but still in their, in their 20s, yes. earning six figures, and they were brash. Arrogant. Arrogant. And, and, and the job was to intimidate you because they want you to sort of panic. Crumble, or, yeah. yeah. They want to, uh, what, what do you want? You know, they, they, they want to, and they're all shouting at you. So you're like, what's the price of the 550 calls? And they're all like, you know, Six eight, six nine, and they're trying to confuse you, uh -huh. and they're trying to baffle you. Uh -huh. When you first do this, you're like, "Oh my god!" They're all shouting at me. What do I do? And if you if you trade with one guy, you don't trade with another guy. He's like, "Why aren't you effing trade with me?" And you know, it's bullying. That was the um, city. So they get days. physical as well. Uh, not yes. physical, but pushing and shoving, and uh, not so much. Not on on that market, uh -huh. but they they would try and intimidate you, and it certainly worked with me. <laughs> I was pooing myself. Um, and then in October 1987, of course, there was that big stock market crash. So um, Black Wednesday. Yep, that's uh, Black Monday. Monday. It lasted, I think, two or three days. What's a couple of days between friends? There you go. Stock market's down 50% or something. So what happened? Uh, I, I had homes then, and I had eight houses. I was 21. Wow. So you're and doing had, all right. I had a number of houses. Did you I was really? flipping. I was renting. Wow. Okay. And then the interest rates went up. I don't know if you recall, to crazy amounts, like more than 10%. Ah, you're t I think you're talking about the ERM crisis in 1992. It would have been, yeah. I think yeah, it was that Thatcher, was when, Thatcher was in. Yeah, we were in an exchange rate mechanism, which was supposed to peg the um, British pound to the Deutsche Mark, I think it was. And it became untenable because the economies were not aligned. Right. And pretty much everyone could see that, it, that they, they could not support the pound. The pound had to go down. Because it was weaker. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the um, British economy was weaker. Uh, I imagine inflation must have been weak or something like that. So um, interest rates went to record highs, and then yeah. 
I was panicking because mm. I was making money. Let's say I was making two, three hundred pounds a house. Mm. It's a nice income. I had eight of them. Mm, wow, nice. And then suddenly Especially I was losing days. six, seven hundred pounds a month. Sure. Yeah, they in, were running a matter of a couple of months. I lost mm. all my houses. I walked in Jesus, one. I walked into one house, and somebody else was sitting in my lounge watching TV. God, really? They've been repossessed, and somebody else had moved in. Wow. I didn't even know. So that was the early nineties. Yeah, I lost everything. That's and awful. I haven't gone into property since. Really? It, it scared, really scared scarred so you. Much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's a terrible what a story. And you were so young. Yes. I remember that very clearly, actually. Um, the markets were, were crazy. And it was very exciting. Um, but by this time, I was a trader. So when, this, when the crash happened in 87, by December, I was out of a job. And I thought, oh my God, that's the end of my career. Really? In the city. Just all my dreams switched the floor and said, right, that's it. Off yeah, me. the volumes just died. So oh. we've gone from a rapidly expanding market to something that, yeah, the volumes just collapsed and they had to get rid of people. In fact, I so remember the phone my boss. stopped ringing. You could see the phone not yeah, the phone lights weren't, weren't flashing as much. Exactly. Really. My boss actually cried when he sacked us. You know, he's like, he was desperately upset. He's a really sweet guy. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, for some reason. Um, had you made money? Had I made money? Oh, no, I was on about £8,000 a year, which at the time was a fortune, you know, Amazing. in 87 as a 19 or 18-year-old. Amazing. So, uh, but luckily, um, just by pure luck, really, someone decided to take me on as a market maker, as a trader. Um, a few months later, someone phoned me up and said, look, you know, we, we'd like to take you on. So I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And that was actually a really lucky break. And you had no experience? No. Um, they, were looking, they were looking to expand. It was a Dutch trading company, and they trained me up as a market maker. And so, so then I was actually trading the company money. How long money. was the training? Um, it was just ongoing. Um, it really was a bit more sink or swim. It's quite scary, isn't it? That you're dealing with real money. Real money. And you mm. learn as you go along. Mm. You think they'll invest a lot more time and effort into? Well, in those days, you know, there weren't courses that you could go on or anything. Mm. So you, you know, you're, you're really just standing next to a trader and he's explaining how to put on a, you know, a, a call fly, a call butterfly, or a. You know, a cool ladder. So you're learning these strategies, and you're trying to learn how to spread the book off to minimise the risk. And um, so it's fascinating, but it took a lot longer to learn. Um, anyway, especially when it's real money. People's real money. money. Yeah. yeah. What's the most amount of money you've had to trade? Millions, um, billions. Well, uh, for after the Dutch, uh, the Dutch company I worked for, and then I got poached by an American uh, guy. Um, he was a very, very big trader in Chicago and he set up an operation in London and, and then he came and offered me a job. And he was very wealthy and pretty much gave us enough rope to hang ourselves. Um, it didn't really work in that he would give you an account with a million bucks in it. It would just be like, you trade and if, you, if your position gets bigger and bigger... I'll give you more and more. I'll give you more and more, yeah. So kind of all we knew what, was what our margin call was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and he was quite keen to be the biggest in the market. So I just wow. got lucky that I happened to work for him. Is and he a famous guy? Um, famous within in the, industry. In, the, in the industry, certainly. Did that business carry on? Is he still Yeah, yeah, he's very successful now, uh, mega successful. So um, What did you learn from him? Um, uh, what did I learn from him? Well, aggressiveness or yeah, positivity or go go for it really. Mm. I mean, in those days, the spreads were much wider, so so therefore profit margins were wider, and it was very uh, very volatile, good volumes. So if you were in the right place at the right time, you really could, could make, make a lot of money. Yeah, and, and actually, the, the the event that you're referring to, the 1992 ERM crisis when uh, we crashed out, and uh, interest rates went up to 10%, 12%, right. and then 15%. I think it was 15 to 60%, yeah. yeah, that's right. But it was unsustainable, and pretty much everyone, like George Soros, mm-hmm. knew mm-hmm. that that couldn't, couldn't mm-hmm. happen. I didn't, I didn't know, I was in my early 20s. I, I thought, well, if a politician said something, you just believed yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I didn't realize they lied. Nigel Lawson, <laughs> Nigel yeah. Lawson, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right, I think it was. 
So anyway, um, but it was a phenomenal, it was probably the best trading week of my life because, the, because it was just all over the place. And if you knew what you were doing, you made money. There was there was money just on the table. Did you make money? Uh, made made seven figures in a week in four days. Wow! Um, yeah, Still I was in only early twenty three. I was twenty three. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was only on a split of that, mm -hmm. but um, it was very exciting. I, by by Friday, I was so exhausted I couldn't speak. I actually couldn't even be bothered to stand there and try to make more money. I was just I just couldn't physically do it. Were you a party guy? Were you a yuppie? Uh, <laughs> a yuppie. Uh, I did have the mobile phone. I think I didn't mm -hmm. have the Porsche. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I got carried away. I totally became... So, so I'd like, gone to public school. And then you go down on the trading floor and it's a different environment completely. You know, Essex guys, East End guys. There's no manners and after yeah. you, please. Yeah, yeah, no, no. No, it's dog eat dog. No, they're not mucking around, you know. They, they want the money, you know. So, um, so, yeah, you had to be quite aggressive. So I, I really kind of became a different person. I thought either I get a lot more aggressive... And a, a Did lot. that happen in your personal life as well? Uh, yeah, you kind of become this person. You become the trader, uh -huh. um, and it was terrific. The excitement and and the banter. And these are really smart guys, and the, the sense of humour. Do you humor. think you were in, invincible? Uh, mm, you did when you were in the pit. When you got home, kind of came back to earth a bit. And you know, obviously, you know, you had you had dreadful times where I'd lose big chunks of money. I'd go. And it home. would affect you. Oh God, yeah. Ever fear for your job? Yes, yes, yes. And people did fearful. lose their jobs. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people lost all their money as well. Not a lot of people. Some people would lose all their money too. So, um, yes, yeah, high risk. When you're a trader, can you trade with your own money, or you're not allowed? To? Yes, um, a lot of traders. So that's so. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Traders who traded their own money were were, were 100 local. They're called local traders. Okay. So they put up their own money. They're in the pit. Whatever they make or lose is all theirs. Okay. I had a backer, so I was on like a say a 50, 60 percent deal. So I got a you cut can't of what do I made. Um, well, you would either be backed or you would use oh, you your own money. You can't use your own money and you can't trade... No, you can only trade one account okay. on the floor. Right. Um, yeah, and some of the... I mean, these guys are in their 20s making a lot of money. And what does it take to be a trader, apart from the education stuff? Um, you have to have a licence, you have to be associated to a broker. So to be a trader on the floor, you, all you had to do is do the trading exam and That's find it. some money. So anybody off the street could have done that? Uh, yeah, you had to rent a seat on the floor um, and then you would go down and do your exam. But the exam wasn't didn't teach you how to trade yes. or how to make money trading. It's just what you rules. had to actually execute a trade. Yes. So in those days, it was the, co the colour jackets that you've seen maybe on the TV, yeah. shouting and screaming, waving your hands. So it taught you the process of executing an order within the pit. It didn't say, yes. right, if you do this, you're going to make money. Yes. That was down to you to figure out. Do you ever put an order and you thought it was done and it wasn't taken? Um, that did happen sometimes, um, but I was standing in the pit, so I was reacting to the brokers. So the brokers would stand around the edge of the pit, yes. and the traders would stand in the middle of the pit, yes. and we'd feed off the brokers. So the broker would be um, standing on the edge of the pit, and he'd be looking at his phone broker, who's in the booth. Yes. Now, of course, you can't, yeah, you can't talk. It's too loud. Yeah. There's 3,000 people screaming their heads off. So, um, so the broker would be like getting the order through his hands, and then he'd turn into the pit but he'd also use his hand signals to trade in the pit because you often couldn't hear him especially like there might be a guy over there trying to execute an order a guy over oh there a guy over here oh so you'd be like so you, as, a, as a market maker you're trying to take in all this, all that's going on information what's, yeah what's he trying to do what's he trying to do <coughs> you can't even be like what are you, what are you doing you know you'd be going what's the size in that you know I'll send you 200 and you're doing all the hand signals at the same time you're writing the cards out stick them in your pocket mm. and you're trying to do your hedge so you've got your futures broker in the pit <laughs> over there Crazy. And you have to, Crazy. your mind has to work so quickly. It's only simple maths, but it has yes. to be razor quick. It's coming at different angles and you've yeah. got to execute. And of course, you've got everyone else who's trying to compete with you. It's not just you 
you know, you got maybe fifty people in the pit also trying to fight for that money. And, and if and you see the price, there's a demand. The price is going up in front of you, so you have to. Yeah. So you got to. So you're trying to. Yeah. You, you have to. And it, and it's you. It was it was the first person to shout the price would, would get the trade as well. So um, you had to know all your prices off the top of your head pretty much. Yes. And um, but you didn't know what was going on because you got the order there and then it's not like something you could have prepared the night before no because the market's constantly moving yeah, yeah. so you've got your pricing sheets so someone will come in and go you know what the 550 calls you and the further you go 68 you shout it out really fast and you do the hand signal 68 real quick we like, like how many we're like 200 is it like you did something and you thought oh shit i better do a runner and you go to the toilet no you can't you can't do that if you, if you, if you, your reputation suffers yeah, right if, if it's definitely you were if you can't bond. follow up with an order yeah. or a call you, you're you couldn't you couldn't get out of the trade if you said buy him and he went 500 you'd be like you had him and that's it you can't go oh i didn't mean to yeah. do that i'm in i'm in 250 yeah. for yeah. a start they'd be like right you're a c-u-n-t or whatever you know it was brash and it was loud and um, the big guys would come in and they would just stuff you with an order and they'd walk out. There's no chance for you to go, oh, I only want to do 100. It'd be like, wow. you've done 500, wow. shut up or I'll never trade with you again. Wow, it was wow, very, wow. very aggressive environment. And personal. Very personal. And yeah. you but have, I loved like, it. Do you have the big fish on, on, on the terrace looking down? No, no one was watching you. Um, in fact, in those days, see, see now when you trade on a computer, all your risk is updated instantly yes. on the press of a button. In those days, it could take a long time, especially if it was busy. For all your, I mean, the orders are in your pocket. So the, the clerks would come around. You, you flick the orders at them. We, we were fantastic at flicking paper. Yes. They catch them and they go back and they would input them in the computer. <coughs> so that process could the take time a while. Scale, yeah. Exactly. So there could be a delay. So you didn't always know exactly what your position was. So you, you would you estimate the hedge in your brain. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you could sell or buy at the wrong time. Yeah, exactly. So you had to figure room. out your gammas, your deltas, <coughs> all these kind of Greek um, measurements Amazing. in your brain. Uh, now, now, of course, it's all done for you. You were good at what you did. Um, I made a living, so yeah. Why were you good at it? Um, Let's uh, say some of our listeners or viewers are trading. Yeah. Well, and there was a different skill set. It's a different skill set right? on the floor because it's not so emotional. It's not so physical. True. It, yeah. So, what would you say to the today's now? Yeah. Uh, patience. Mm. Patience is probably key because it's too easy to trade now. You click of a button, you can trade. Whereas on the floor. You know, you're, you're waiting for the order flow. You're reacting to order flow most, most of the time. You can feel the energy in the room, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it was very exciting. I mean, um, so for example, when you're waiting for a big release, like the US non-farm payroll, big yes. number, yeah. everyone's, you know, the morning would be quiet. No one would really be getting very active. Most people had squared up their positions the day was, before. Was the radio on? Was the TV No, on? no, no. It was, um, no, you couldn't have that. Uh, the rumors this, this just come out in the US and there, the, there would be like a Reuters screen with a, uh -huh, with a ticker uh -huh, ticket, so you'd have, wow. have news updates so we'd all be waiting and it was, it was really exciting the um, right, right seconds before the number everyone would be going oh, really stamping yeah. the feet and then number would come out the bell would go eh, and then number would come out bang and the whole place would erupt now you were always doing forex uh, or you were doing no I used to trade fixed income which fixed is um, income. interest rates but because you're dealing with the US, so you had funny hours, right? Um, no, I traded short sterling options. So we, uh, the, the exchange opened at about seven o'clock in the morning. It was okay. usually shut by five. Okay. Um, so, so you weren't waiting European for products. news from the US? Well, the US w would certainly influence the market. So when it opened at 1.30 or 2.30, then um, it, it could move the market for sure. Okay. Amazing. Mm. Amazing. Did you, did you follow, what, when I trade shares, maybe it's mm. different to what you did. I actually get a feel of one particular share and its movement. Right. I don't look at 50 different shares. Mm. I get two or three that I like. Yeah. And I kind of know a little bit about the business. That's a good way to do and it. And I play the same stock. 
buy okay. and sell the same stock as Yeah, because you've seen where it went up to before correct, it stopped correct. and turned around. They have a personality. Yes. Is that the same? Uh, absolutely. I, I would say each financial market can have a personality. And that's actually the basis of technical analysis. So what you're doing in your brain is basically remembering support and resistance levels. Right. So you're remembering that, oh, you know, last time we got to this price, there was a, you know, it stopped. So I'm going to get out there. And last time we went down here, it bounced. So I'm going to try buying it there. Yes, yes. One thing I noticed, because I went some, uh, you may not know, but it doesn't come across so obvious. I went to some courses. (laughs) And when they were doing their resistance line, I didn't know where the resistance line should start from. Right. Because at any point you start, the chart can start, right? So if it's going like this and it's gone a bit like, you can start from here, mm. it looks like a flat line. But if you start from here, it looks going like mm. going up. So yes. th- am I making sense? You are making total sense. Yeah, I mean, you can join any point to any point, can't you? So, exactly. So and how it makes you it look know. good or flat. Right. Depends on yeah, I mean, I, generally the rule is for me that you join two um, consecutive points. You try not to miss out uh-huh. points. Okay. Um, and the more points that hit the trend line, the more it, that trend line is reinforced. And therefore, once that trend line is broken, uh-huh. uh, the but more if you look at it in a day, a mm. graph in a day, you see a lot more going on. Mm. And if you look in into in two days, right. uh, in two hours, there's a lot more movement, and it's exaggerated. Mm. But if you go look at a, a month period, the the, the movement is not as exaggerated. True. 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 true so, true. from your experience, do you do what hourly? Okay. So daily. The um, <laughs> The time frame that you look at is relevant to the time frame that you trade. So if you're a day trader and you tend to be out by the time you go to bed, uh-huh. you do hourly. You, yeah, you would be looking at the hourly charts wow. more than the daily charts. If you're you know, a long, longer term investor and you're holding positions for a month, six months, then really there's no point looking at the hourly unless you're absolutely trying to very much fine tune your entry. That's interesting. Um, I, you'd be I looking don't at think weekly, about daily. I just look at it as, I don't even look at what the the, 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 the chart data right just look at the chart well for, for me what's key is uh, I do look at the weekly chart daily chart one hour and four hour charts that tends to be you have to be aware for example even if you're just a, a day trader you have to be aware of what's on the weekly chart if the market's been dropping and we're about to hit a massive support level going back you know four years it's big, big trend line yes. and a 500 <coughs> week moving average yes. both are coinciding at the same level you've got to be aware of that because yes, of course yes, yes. the big guys who are trading longer they term know. and they, they move the market they're going to be like that's all. That, it's just about to hit our so buy level. There are market movers, aren't there? There's so much Definitely. money there. Oh. The, the funds and you know the big traders, the banks, the funds. These are the guys who obviously can move the market because they're trading in bigger size. I was told even billions can't move the market. Is that rubbish? Billions can't move the market. Yeah, um, because it's so big now. The marketplace. No, they can. I mean, the market so does are, move. Are, uh-huh. So it, it is an order flow that obviously moves the market. And of course, someone like you or I, we can't well, move the market. So we suffer. Because um, they could play us. The retail right? traders do tend to be cannon fodder. There, there, is, there is that aspect. Because I've looked at it sometimes, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I'm thinking, somebody's Don't try manipulating. Yeah. <laughs> somebody's manipulating this. Yes, I, I think there is a, a, an element of that for sure. Because uh, you know, look, if you if, if if you're if you've got billions to to move, and I've only got a grand to move, no then chance. guess what? You know, he's got all the say. He's he's got all the power, isn't he? There's no point in me trying to sell into a market where where. Um, one of the big banks is deciding that they are going to go long. I'm going to get run and over. Do you think they manipulate the market by coming out to the press and saying, "We think this should be the price of this, and this is"? Do you um, think they, they send out PR to support their positions? And I not don't. Say the truth? I don't know. I'm not sure how legal that would be either. So I, I'm not. I'm not really an expert on that. There is obviously speculation, and people uh-huh. believe that, that, that they do I, that. I, there's lots of noise, isn't there? And I think what what you can sometimes see is they'll push the market one way because they think, you know. 
the retail guys along i think we can push this against them we can stuff yes. it down their throats and then we can buy it once they're once they're done and it'll go higher i mean so certainly I, there was a lot of that that used to go on i think but that's fine that's perfectly legal trading yes. if you think you can move the market one way and squeeze people uh you know i would try and do that if, if yes. i thought i i had enough power what behind was the me. most amounts of money that you controlled um well we had it wasn't really amount of money but my boss would certainly allow us to put <coughs> position, big positions on if we felt it was right and how much was that uh well we would be we would easily be risking 50 grand a day okay. or, or you know it wasn't unheard of to have um five figure uh, pnl swings in a day and that was in the 90s so that was huge you know pretty big, millions pretty no. big yeah i mean nowadays there's lots you of never ran your own firm uh, no, I didn't run my own trading firm, no. Why? Um, well, options is quite capital intensive. Uh, you know, you, you, the margins can be quite big. So really, if you're going to trade options, you can handle you've either got to have a lot of money or use someone else's money. Uh, futures is a little bit, you, you, you can trade futures a little bit smaller. You know, you can get in and, in and out and go get flat pretty quick. You can't get uh, an options position flat very quickly. So the risk was too much for you? Yeah. Yeah, I and didn't have enough money, never, basically. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't go enough, because you, you had a good reputation. Didn't you think of going to loads of investors, raise the money, um, open your didn't firm? really happen in those days that, that much. It wasn't really like it is now where, um, where funds are set up, okay. uh, where people trade others, you know, friends and family money or whatever. It didn't really happen like that. I, I think a few locals would have done that, trade yes. friends and family yes. money, but it wasn't that common, really. Um, and it was too wild for me to... I, I, I've... Having the past tempted to trade for friends and family and I just yes. get freaked out I, I just can't bear to yeah. look at someone and say I've just lost you 5% yes. we, we attempted to we attempted you said no and take I, your money yeah, back Darish I, I did didn't yeah. I? I in the end I just couldn't do it because uh, I, I, you probably like you said to me I wouldn't care if you if you yes. lost 10 grand you know yes. I'd get over it yes. we'd still be pals yes. but I would always look at you in the yes. eye and think I lost, I lost 10 the grand money. and I, I could never <laughs> treat you normally yes. I would yes. always yeah. feel guilty sure yeah amazing well, thank you for that. <laughs> so um, you went to southern Spain, mm -hmm. but then you could trade on the screen. So you could yeah. have been in London and trade in Gibraltar, right? Correct. So yeah, we used to joke on the floor that one day we'll be doing we'll all be doing this from a beach. So we got pretty yeah. close to it by going to Gibraltar, and uh, yeah, it was all screen based. So I went down there, I traded uh, Italian index options on the screen, um, and actually I was in Gibraltar when nine eleven happened, and I was trading out of an office when that happened. It's crazy. What was in the office? Was the atmosphere in the office? Did they um, think there was going to be a second plane? Did well, they no, think it we was didn't. an accident. Yeah, it was I totally it was confusing. Yeah. yeah, it was totally confusing. No one knew what the hell was going on. And of course, you're trying to focus on markets which have obviously kicked off because we're thinking, what the hell is this? It was unprecedented. Yes. And, and that's it. One second plane hit, bang. So, because of my experience, I knew what to do. I just yes. bought bought every option under the planet yes. that I could buy. Wow. And um, so things you made were, money. Uh, right? I did, but it was an odd feeling mm -hmm. because, of course, you're not it's, jumping around yeah. going, woohoo, I've just made yeah, all this money. Exactly. When people are jumping, you're watching TV and people you're are jumping out of buildings. Know, and in fact, it was weird. I've never <coughs> experienced anything like that before or since. The market actually, almost as a mark of respect, stopped trading. The volumes just dried up. Because I think all people, the traders were yeah. sickened by what they were seeing and just thought, this is totally inappropriate that we should be making money out of this. And um, in the end, I, I don't know where the people in the banks were saying, look, guys, just stop. This is just not right. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, Did you know anyone? Odd. That died. Yeah, um, I didn't know anyone personally. I don't think, but certainly there were friends of friends. Uh, you know, because some firms were there. Some absolutely, yeah. Uh, Cantor Fitzgerald were there, and I think they still run a charity event to this day every year. So yeah, it was awful. It, it, yeah, it did touch the the industry certainly quite directly. I was um, driving on the motorway, hmm. and a friend of mine phones says, "Plane's gone into the 
one of the twin mm. towers, go and see that. So I turned back and I found the, uh, one of these service stations and it's a Holiday Inn Express or something. Mm. I went in and there's 30, 40 business people, salesmen watching the TV. Yeah. And I, oh, and then uh, the second plane hit. Yeah. And they were just talking to me, it was like, oh, look, is I said, what the hell? Do you not understand your the world's going to change. Absolutely. Mm. From to, and they didn't get it, they didn't understand really? the significance. No, it just no. thought, it took time for people to process yeah, it because yeah. it's unprecedented and they didn't yeah they didn't understand what it was, that meant it was but really, that's really the thing I didn't have time to to go ooh what does that mean I yeah. had to react in a split second yes. otherwise uh, there was a lot of money at risk yes, yes, uh, it, did, it did work fine for me but as I say it was not uh, a happy event and uh, well so that was probably, 18 years ago so yeah. So how long were you in Spain uh, I had, you hadn't met your wife then so you've been with her 15 years right actually we were friends okay um, already so she moved down there I already knew her and then when we got together we were there for about uh, 13 years really enjoyed it and as I say a lot I had a lot of uh, good pals down there from right. some uh, traders from the floor and stuff so it was uh, so it became home, home from home really <laughs> yeah. yeah I never settled in Spain I had yeah few, I'd never I, I did see the cost of their crime mm. my neighbors weren't exactly the kind of people I wanted to right. socialize with but you lived in a nicer area I don't know. Yeah, you, they were like, I don't, don't know go that. over there because they're yeah. really rich. <laughs> <laughs> you were the guy in the Ferrari going Enviously looking over the <laughs> fence at your house. Do, sure you, do you ride any horses? Because everybody no. had horses there. Oh, God, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah horses. Do you have a yacht? No. No, God, no. You don't like boats. You I, like the sea thing. I couldn't afford a boat. You like your cars and bikes. I, I like cars and bikes, yeah. I could afford the cars and bikes. So you invested in Thailand and you invested in go according to plan. No, not initially. And then you thought for for that purpose you moved to Phuket. You've got to be there if, if you're going to do it. Um, you took over a development that you had no idea how to, to run? Not a clue. Bloody stupid. Really stupid. <laughs> well, you say that, but you've done really well out of it, right? Made it work in the end. Took longer than it should have done, and uh, I learned a heck of a lot on the lot on the way, and yeah, probably took a few years off my life, but got there in the end, so I'm, mm. I'm satisfied now. Mm. I'm very lucky. But you life. still study markets? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm quite addicted to them. I, I don't think there's a day gone by where I've not known what's going on in the financial world. So I have a service, yeah, where I, I write um, uh, reports every morning on about 18 markets. It takes me about two or three hours. Every um, day? Every day, without fail. Yeah, I've probably only missed two or three days in the last uh, 10 or 15 years since I've been so writing So what, what are your reports like? Literally, you're writing like a book or a, a chapter um, in a book or something or your analysis. It'll be... It'll be two short paragraphs on each market. So, for example, if you trade gold, I'll say I'll, I'll, I'll give the levels where I think it's worth entering a trade. So I'll say if it drops down to here, this is a really strong support level. So I think you should buy it here. Mm -hmm. And if it, if, it, if it does work and if it does bounce off this level, then these would be your targets. Um, if it goes up to here, I think this might be the high for the day. So I would sell it here. And if it goes down, these would be your targets. And yes. then I'll give a stop loss level. Yes. And if it breaks above... You know, if you get stopped on this order, yes. then it's broken through a significant resistance level. So it's probably right to go long. So from and look your the experience, next you're guiding people on, on yeah. different markets. Yeah. And then you have people paying you on a monthly fee yes. for taking those advice, right, yes. around the world. Yes. And how do they hear about you? Uh, well, I've got a website and I'm on Twitter, Facebook, all the usual social media channels. So you channels. do post your findings and your opinions every single day on these platforms? Most days I, I do give away lots of free stuff. Um, to kind of show that I know what I'm talking about and I've, my, my Twitter account's been going for I think it must be eight years now so I've got a, a, a you know, track record on there for example where you yeah. can see that I'm, I have at have least Have you had people contacting you saying thank you I made lots of money Yeah, oh yeah I get that uh, not a lot 
but I, I certainly get it, and I've had subscribers that have been with me for years, so I know that they do do make. Yeah, anybody threatened to kill you? Threatened to kill me? No, but I have had. I, I, do you know what? I'm quite lucky. I haven't had many complaints. I did have one guy who said he lost thirty grand and it was all my fault. Um, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I better not get into that on my yeah. own opinion. Probably yeah. not fair. He's yeah. not here to defend himself. Did you so reply? yeah, did you reply? Or you just blocked him. Uh, no, no, I replied, and uh, anyway, he, he, he I, I've got. Um, I'm on um, Site Jabber, so anyone who's not happy is can easily leave their review. I see. But luckily enough, there so are you judge, you rated. Yeah, yeah. People have my subscribers, or even just followers. Even if they're not subscribers, they can leave a, a review there. You want to get back more and more into education, right? You want to. I do. Yeah, I, I don't trade much these days. Um, trading is very, very intensive and takes a lot of focus, and I Commitment. can't do that with the development yeah. that is now. Rent, you know, renting to holiday makers and I've got kids and things which I much rather prefer to spend time with yeah. so yeah but the, I do actually enjoy teaching people I didn't think I was much of a people person but I, you know, I'll say, I say to people look if you've got a problem just call me up I give out my Skype number so anyone can call me and yeah I quite like chatting and then you, you see the thing is when you've done something for a long time you think certain things are just obvious and normal but other people don't see it of course it's obvious to you yeah if a guy's been doing it six months or even two mm. years and then you think oh god yeah of course you know i can see why he wouldn't understand that so i quite enjoy that and for me obviously having experience it's not that difficult to try and figure it out and i say that say something to them and they go oh god yeah of course yes. and i try and use little analogies like this is what it's like you know imagine if you're driving learning to drive a car I say things like that, try and simplify it. So they get it. And they get it. They get so it. And, I, and I really get a lot of satisfaction so from that's that. your, apart from your experience and your track record, mm -hmm. that's another niche. You I simplify it. I think I can explain things quite clearly. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, I've figured out how to do that, I guess, from talking to so many people. Yes. Mm. So what, what are you doing right now? Um, well, actually, I've neglected the marketing side of that business because of the, the building and the... Um, holiday rental side of that business so I need to get back into it which is exactly why I need the services of Be Unique because um, you've just developed me a wonderful website which is about to go live so we don't need to sell that. my uh, I know I don't promote need to. my uh, I know business. I don't need to but um, <laughs> well, thank you but no but Ali's been but absolutely please tremendous. stop <laughs> please stop okay. yes. don't I tell will, me anymore how I wonderful won't my say company. anymore yeah. about how wonderful don't, Darius don't, yes, and yes, Ali yes. are uh, no really truly and you really have um so I'm very excited actually to launch the website, which might be as soon as this week. And then I'm very excited to talk to you about marketing it and getting it uh, out there. It's, 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 it's a difficult task because when I first started, there was a handful of people doing what I'm doing. So it's quite easy to get out there mm. and quite easy for them to, to quite easy for you to be Differentiate yourself. Yeah, right, exactly. exactly. And I thought as time went by, you know, with the track record and people could see, oh, wow, this guy's been around a long time. We can trust him. But the thing is now there are just thousands of people out there. Anyone who's- are claiming, right? They can, they, make, they can make any claims. Absolutely. It's not a regulated industry. Correct. So because I think you're advising and you're not trading. So exactly. So I think I'm now got the problem of just being dropped in a big pile of people that are yes. doing this, and it's hard yes. to hard to be visible and I think see that you're actually amazing. Is that you you constantly committed and you're constantly creating content? Yeah, yeah. Which is I really enjoy it. amazing. Yeah. Quite sad. I actually quite if boring. I enjoy it. <laughs> somebody's doing it for the for just the money or mm. falsifying things. They're mm. not consistent. Right. right. You are. Yeah, that's true. Well, um, someone told me a long time ago that uh, actually it was a guy at Merrill. So I used to have a lot of banking clients, uh, all the big banks actually, Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch, yeah, I was Deutsche come Bank. To yeah. Right. So that, I was very proud of that. Um, um, and so when you left the firm, people contacted you because your reputation has said, 
I'll pay you a monthly fee mm. the bank and write research advice yes wow I still have some of those clients but a lot of the banks no longer need the service because it's more run by quants than traders um, but I remember meeting a guy at Merrill Lynch and said look we don't expect you to be right every day of course but if, if you're going to provide a good service you've got to be consistent we want the reports delivered by 7 a.m. every day so that we can send them on to our clients and I was already like that anyway I'm kind of that kind of person yeah. so it's stuck in my mind like never ever be late never ever miss a day so even if I'm sick I will get up at 3 in the morning and I will write the report amazing mm. now it's worse with time difference with Phuket no oh yes yeah. now I don't have to Silly get up at three in the morning yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic I can yeah, yeah. start at seven or even eight o'clock so amazing so that's, that's certainly so what do you do you, you, you are on your phone looking at things writing down because you're at your development as well um, and that takes a lot so, of your time yeah well uh, I've got a, a quite nice plan so I, 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 I've always been uh, someone who gets up early so sometimes I will get up at five. I, I never have an alarm I don't need an alarm clock I'll always wake up Yes. Um, so yeah. whatever time I get up, five, six, seven, I start writing my book. Then I, it's really quite, I am really quite sad because I actually get up and think, oh, you know, wonder what happened overnight. Yeah, and yeah. I can't wait to see and I'll start writing. Um, That's five days a week still. Five days a week, oh, yeah. Okay. I actually write the uh, Monday's report over the weekend because I like to deliver it on a Sunday in case people want to have a look at it and get, get ready. Um, so I do that and send them out um, usually by sort of 9 30, 10 o'clock, and then my day starts going into development seeing my staff and checking whatever because you look after doing. your body as well don't you? you go to the gym I try to try to yeah at my age do you have your own gym or you go to no I've just joined a gym like, around the corner I try so to go most days um, yeah there's, that's not a regular thing it's kind of but it depends on whether I'm on whether I'm off buying cement, filling up the truck with cement or some <laughs> tiles sure. or something. But you always try to make time for it. Yeah, I, I do. It's, it's more vanity than anything else. I don't want to look in the mirror and <laughs> see myself that. falling apart. Look in the mirror and see me. <laughs> Looking back at you. You're a very well-built man. Three chins. Solid man. In yeah, fact, the chins. I, I agree. gave you a slap like on everything. the arm today and you're very solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was tensing. I could see you coming. <laughs> yeah. I was watching, what was that, uh, John Wick's? Yeah. John Wick. Oh my oh, God! I mean, it's such a rubbish movie in my life. It was like I was trying to count how many people he kills. I couldn't I count fast enough. I loved it. I it's loved, actually I amazing. Yeah. yeah. Real trash. And then I tried to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't sleep. I had people killing each other, stabbing each other, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said, "Take your clothes off," and he didn't look that fit. <laughs> Keanu, like, I know, put your clothes back on again. I can't imagine yeah, you beating a thousand people. Yeah. Yeah. So well done to you. And uh, now you've got a beautiful son who is a great footballer. Thank you, yes. Do you go playing football? Do you encourage him or he's just so self-motivated? Does it? Yeah, he's very he self-motivated. He's still coming to the gym with you now, hasn't he? Um, he's come occasionally, but um, he trains almost every day um, yeah. for at least two hours. He's in an academy, so I'm very, very proud of him. Yeah, I've cool. been watching him play football since he was five and I've hardly ever missed a game. So, uh, yeah. As long as he wants me on the sidelines, I... Yeah, and he won a trophy this uh, summer, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, big, big... Representing uh, Thailand. Absolutely, big event yeah. in Spain, so I'm, I was super proud of him. Yeah. He actually took the last... Well, they went to penalties in semi-final, he took the last one, so I was absolutely in pieces watching that. Are and you nervous? Then, oh, my God. So nervous. Um, yeah, because you know that it's, he's either the hero or the villain. Yeah, and if, yeah. he's the, you know, if he misses it or he messes it up. Do you know what's up, amazing? How they keep the calm at that I age. don't know how he does it. How to keep it cool. I'm, I'm, my heart's beating now just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. And then he was called to take the last penalty in the final. Oh, my God. I said to my mate who's watching, I said, if he does this, I'm going to strip naked and run across the pitch. And he did it, though. He, yeah. he, got, he scored. He did. But he didn't strip naked. Needless to I say, heard you no one wants yeah. to see me strip naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I remember my son Ali, who's 25 now, yeah. 
and he used to try to score goals from the corner flag. Wow, did he? He was left footed. He has such a talent. And yeah. Every three, four games, he scored one from the corner wow. flag because I didn't know he was going to come. Have you got them on video? No, I tell you, tell you a quick story. Mm. Uh, Manchester City heard about. He was actually in the Manchester United Academy, I know. and he got uh, saying, uh, he's, Alex Ferguson said he's got the most capability of becoming a professional God, player, but yeah. he didn't because he wasn't hungry enough. Right. When, he, he, when he saw people from within show and stuff, and they were like going in and didn't care about breaking their legs, mm. and my son was hesitating, mm. he knew he wasn't going to make it. Sure. If I was on the sideline shouting and screaming, he would. Yeah. But he couldn't be there, mm. and. He became a nervous wreck. Dad's here. Oh God, he's gonna shout and scream. <laughs> so what happened was it was um, my son's tenth birthday, and Manchester City invited him to be a mascot, and it was Manchester City versus Tottenham Hotspur semi-finals of the FA Cup. So he went on, and his um, from the mother's side grandfather bought us a new camera. He said, "Use this camera, and video him." Terrific. So, so fine. I was gonna use mine. He said, "No, it's a better resolution, or whatever." So we got this camera, but it was really unusual shape. It was it was just flat, so you held it like this, and um, and they said, as a father, you can actually video him coming through the tunnel, and going and playing and, and shooting at the goalie. So I videoed everything. He came out, went to the halfway line, shook their hands, went, and he started scoring against the city and wow. the main road. We're going crazy because he was wow. scoring really good goals, right? So he came home, and I thought I got the best footage. I think I know what you're going to say. I got say. the best footage. Did you have the camera the wrong way around? Yeah, I was filming my face. Oh my God, I knew you were going to say that. home, all you could see was my cheek going, oh wow, amazing, really good. I could have died. no. I could have died. I bet you could. And the funny thing is, during that week, I saw two or three people who went, did you see that kid scoring goals? I was like, really? Yeah, I missed it. Really weird. Honestly, today I'm thinking, what the hell did I do? It was just a flat camera. So easy. And I was thinking, do. why can't I zoom in? Right, right, right. <laughs> oh man. I missed it all. Anyway, it's in the memories and uh, yeah. 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 But you know when you just want to just dig a hole and the whole family is watching TV oh. and you just see your face. Oh. <laughs> oh, it wasn't God. very good. I really. feel for you. But at least but you were at least but you you were watching the goals at least, at least you were there to, to yeah, see. Yeah, but it not yourself. as much because I was thinking there's a distance yeah. away, everybody else was watching it. So I even missed that. I, I was trying to zoom in and it wouldn't oh, work. But anyhow, mm. so um, education. Mm. So what what do you want to do? You want to push this education to the masses, right? I really do, actually, because um, so for example, I follow Twitter a lot, and you see people on there who have been trading for six months, and they're talking about, oh, here's a head and shoulders pattern, and I'm yeah. just like, oh my god, it is not a head and shoulders pattern, and you know all these patterns that are really relatively simple, but they're easy, also simple to easy to misinterpret, and it, I stupidly get quite upset about it um and so i and i I, yeah as i say i do actually enjoy teaching people i I enjoy the interaction i enjoy seeing people actually turn their accounts around and start making money i've got a guy at the moment actually in wales a really nice guy and and, um, he came to me you know most people come to me when when they've had a rough time they've they've lost money and they finally find me and say look i've read your you know i see you've been around for a while and i think you're you know authentic i've been ripped off i've been following other people so that's usually how, how they find me. And um, yeah, and, you know, for example, I get emails from this guy quite regularly now, and it, it started off with, oh, you know, I did this wrong, did this wrong. And now I'm starting to get, oh, you know, I had a really good, good month and I made 3%. And, wow. and I love that, really yes, enjoy it. In yes. fact, I'm meeting him next week. So you care, you get um, to know. I get a kick out of it. Yeah. I really get a kick out yeah. of it. I, I met some guys the last time I was over in England, and um, I just met them. I actually like to meet people one on one. I was yes. going to do a seminar, yes. I met them one on one, just in a bar, and we were just chatting. I was just like, what's your problem? 
and this guy with a simple problem I, I just can't use stops you know I keep running my stops you know instead of getting out of position when I should yes. do so we had a chat and just I just said a few things and he was like oh wow and then you know he, he, he emailed me for two weeks going oh you know what you know I've stopped out of this and then I've what? done this he'd give me all his trades and I'd look through his trades and it was yeah it was, I really it's great to see, to see so much yeah, he making money mm. yeah. yeah but most people lose money of course that, yeah. because it's emotions they get the emotion, ego involved definitely Wow, well, if you just stick to the to basic rules, you wouldn't yes. uh, lose much, at least. Yes. But of course, human nature—you can't. The gambling instinct kicks in. You're, you're you're losing money on a position. You can't bear yeah. to take the loss. It's all psychology. Amazing. Mm. So, um, give me two advices for traders that they can take away from this conversation today. Uh, okay. Method trading. Um, the first one is you absolutely must place a stop loss. Uh, order. So rule number one, don't lose more than you can. Right. So when you enter, when you decide I'm going to buy gold at, you know, whatever it is, $13. That should be it. Um, you, you must decide where you're, where, where, what the price is when you are wrong. So you must decide, well, you know Because what? people move it, right? They move it depending on their feelings. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can't do that. You, if you've decided that $13 is a really good support level and we're, and we're in a bull trend and you want to buy it on a dip there, yeah. okay, that's a really good strategy. Buying in a bull trend at support level when the market pulls back. Yes, yes. Great. Yes. That is a good strategy. Yes. Stick to that one, and in the long run, you'll make money. But you must have a stop loss level because just because it's in a bull trend doesn't mean it won't break that support and right. go to the next support level. So you've got to. And the problem is, people think it's definitely going to mount bottom yes. there. Yes. I'm, I, I, I don't need there. to put a stop. I've been there. Right. Yes. We've all done. And it just goes bang. It goes down to the next support level. And it's the same when I'm making money as well. I move. So that was easy. I just move it a little bit higher. And it doesn't quite reach and it drops something. Mm -hmm. I missed that opportunity. Why yep. would I get greedy? Well, that's the thing. Before you get into the position, yes. you're unemotional. You've got no emotional attachment yes. to that trade yes. or yes. the money or anything. As soon as you're in it, then that's when the emotions happen because you're making or losing money. And that's when your judgment goes out the window. Uh -huh. It's either greed or so fear. So stick to the rule that you set from the yeah, beginning. It's very simple. If I can buy it at $13 and I can sell it at $13 and... 1308 for example yes. I'll make eight bucks yeah um, if it goes below 1296 I'm wrong and I yes. need to get out yes. and the good thing is when you're out you might have taken a small loss but it's a small loss and you're now ready to move on to the next trade yes. whereas if you're nursing that trade it might go you're up committed. it might go down yeah. Yeah. you might have missed three other trading opportunities yes. where you might have you know one on two and lost on one you might actually have got recovered that and be up yes. but you're, you're nursing this losing trade or you're maybe yes. now falling into bigger bigger losses and also going back to your example yes. you don't put a stop in market plum you know plummets yes. and it got, probably goes to the next support level now that's where you would have been getting in if you'd stopped out. But you're already out. And but you're yeah. nursing, and you're you're now in so much pain. You're probably getting out where you should yes. be getting been in. Been there. I've been there. Right. We've all done yes, it. I've yes, done it yes, countless yes, times, yes, and that's yes. how I know so well not oh, what not to do. Yes. So you're now not only have you made a much bigger loss than you should have done, but you're not going to make the money back that you should have done if you were getting in where you're yes. getting out. Yeah. Also, I noticed that like it's crazy. I know it sounds stupid, but it's so basic. A hundred dollars, you lose ten, ten mm. percent. Mm. It goes to ninety, mm. and it gains ten percent. You go to ninety-nine. Exactly, right. Exactly. The movement of low is yes. massive, and the movement yes. of high is a little bit less. Yeah, you lose fifty percent of your account. You've got to make a hundred percent to get it back. Exactly. You know, exactly. you're not going to do that quickly. Yeah. And people, of course, they re they revenge trade. So they're like, ah, oh, damn it, I've lost I'll that get money. It back. I shouldn't do it. Oh, right. well go to I'm the definitely going to do this, red, and yes. I'm going to do twice as many as I did the last Correct. time. Correct. And bang, you've just lost another 10% yes. in a heartbeat. And Been then there. you're all over the place. So it is really 
an emotional game. And um, if you stick to the rules and keep the losses small, then last month you stand a I, uh, I trade stock. Mm-hmm. I bought some uh, options, calls, mm-hmm. and not just. I got emotionally involved because I was going to get a lift to go to my apartment, mm-hmm. and the markets were going to close. And I bought four calls in a matter of five minutes. As the shares was collapsed, I was like, "I'll go in here. It's going to turn. It's going to turn. It's going to turn." They all expired, uh, and it never turned. Yeah, that's the thing. You, you did. You didn't plan the trade. You weren't looking at no, some evidence like, on a chart I've got to or something. Do this before market closes, right. and I get to the lift because I lose connection. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you were punting. There's nothing wrong with punting as long as you accept that you it are was, punting yeah, I and you're just not stuck to one trading. Call and not yeah. Yeah. Getting emotionally wrong. Yeah. What's the second? Um, what would my second rule be? I suppose it would actually be trading the direction of the trend. Because, Meaning? well, so for if example, going up. gold is in a bull trend right now. Yeah. It's going up, you know, most days it goes up. So what will tend to happen in a bull trend, market will go up, it'll burst higher, then it'll trade sideways for a little bit, then it'll burst higher. Uh-huh. So even if where you've bought it, if you, even if you bought it at the peak of the last burst yes. and it retraces a bit. It's going to go past that. Eventually, because we're in a bull trend, yeah, yes. it will eventually go past it. Whereas if you, what, what tends to happen is people go, oh, it's in a bull market. I definitely want to buy it. I'm definitely going to buy gold. And then it goes up and they go, oh, shit, I didn't buy it. Um, yes. It's gone up so much. It's got to come it's down. It's got to come down. It's got to come yes. down. I'm going to sell it. You end up being short something that you knew you needed to be long. Yes. And all that happens is, of course, it keeps going up. And you're you're in a bigger and bigger hole. Yeah. Yes, yes. So you're now short into a market that you knew was going up. But because you didn't get in at the right level, you, and, and then, of course, you're like, why am I losing so much money <laughs> when gold emotion. is going up, when I knew it was going up? I just didn't, I didn't pull the trigger. So that's why I would say just trade with the trend. Because even yes. if you're in a bad level, the yes. trend will rescue you eventually. Yes. If you go well, against you the trend. You can see this going towards... Um, Artificial intelligence, can't you? you can see systems seeing these patterns. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Looking at order flow. Amazing. Yeah. Not something I, I know about, I must admit, not something I know about. But, but I think we'll see the massive change in our lifetime. Mm. Oh, for sure. It's already happening. I mean, banks are getting rid of traders who are trading on gut feeling. That's definitely a thing of the past. And AI is definitely taking over. Um, I think my generation is the last breed of of that yeah. kind of trader you know some of my friends are still in, in the industry but few and far between now yes yeah. amazing where do, I, where do you see yourself in five years good question um, I've actually just been offered a job at a private equity fund uh, which is based in Singapore but we're going to have an office in Bangkok and I'm quite keen on that it's a new challenge not really involving technical analysis so if I take that Maybe I won't be able to do the technical analysis, but the challenge would be a lot of fun. I, I think I'd learn a lot. Yes. So that might happen. Um, you have to wake up slightly few earlier hours to do your articles and then do the... Prob- yeah, I wish I could do that. Yeah, I think I'd have a... St- I'm addicted to it, so I think I'd struggle to give it up. But that's in the Far East, yes? Uh, yeah, that'll be in Thailand where I live now, so that'll be in Bangkok, and then I'll commute back. Why Bangkok? Is it a big market? Um, the guy that's setting the fund up has excellent connections in business connections in Bangkok, so okay. he can he knows he really knows where to invest. There's money in Thailand, isn't there? There's there's money, there is definitely money in Thailand. There's definitely money in, in Bangkok. Wow. People think it's a third world country or or, or whatever, but it's um, a mass, strong currency. Yeah, very strong. Well, the surplus they have a surplus. Yeah, very much so. They learnt from well, it was Thailand that triggered the Asian crisis in 1998. And since then, they certainly learned wow. um, how to keep, keep them. And their money economy. comes from what? Natural resources, uh, tourism. Tourism's a big one. Um, yeah, natural resources. I think is also. I don't they know much oil, about the Thailand. They have oil. I think they have oil. Uh, I don't know. Malaysia's got oil. Thailand. Thailand. Yeah, palm, palm oil's a big yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not too hot on the Thai economy. I must admit. 
I understand the tourism industry because yes. I'm part of that. <laughs> well, Bangkok's huge, though, isn't it? Yeah, Bangkok, I think, is, is the first or second most um, visited city in the world consistently. Crazy. It's a terrific city. Crazy. Crazy. So we're going to be seeing you in Bangkok, all over Far East, and you're going to be doing your seminars. Yeah, right? I really want to start seminars. I want, I've done it on a small scale, helping people you know, on the phone and just hooking up with them one-on-one, but if I could expand that and, um, and do it on a little bit of yeah, a larger scale, so it'd be great fun. So you actually have many, many hundreds and thousands of people in the past who've paid you monthly fees for your expertise. Please don't understand yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Okay. So where can people find you, Jason? Daytradeideas.co.uk. Daytradeideas.co.uk. Ideas with an S on the end, .co.uk. My Twitter handle is daytradesignals. I've got about, uh, I've got over 8,000 followers on there, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and they're engaged though, aren't they? They're engaged. Yes. It's not just followers, yeah. person likes. No, 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 I, I, I get yeah. lots of likes and, yeah. and retweets and stuff, which yes, I quite yes, get a kick out of. I'm always seeing who's retweeted what. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, I enjoy that. I'm easy to find anyway. My name is Jason Sen, S-E-N. So if you just Google that, you'll get a good three or four pages on me at least. Um, my stuff's published on various different financial websites every day as well. So uh, I'm fairly easy to track down. And we look forward to promoting you, yeah. allowing the I'm masses to hear about, about you. So thank very you so much. Working with you.